0: Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everybody who listened to the last episode, which was about good characters and bad shows. Which I I said in the in that Sunday edition that I I woke up and it popped into my brain, but it's probably been on there since at least I fell off of Black Clover, because as I said in that episode. I like the idea of Captain Yami, but I don't like him in practice and the way they deal with his story in that show, and that kind of led me to think about other great characters or even great character designs in other show in other shows that are, for lack of a better term, wanting. So if you're at all interested in that kind of thing... Go give that a listen, but today we are going to talk about a show that is we so uh, how should I put it? We are going to talk about a show that is weird and near and dear to my heart, but not because of its actual existence, but because of its source material and what it burst as a result. And that show is suzuka Now, when I set out to pick something for this episode to talk about, I, as I summarily do, wasted time. I I usually think around Sunday, I should pick what I'm going to talk about on Thursday. Or Thursday when I record this, you're probably hearing this Friday, but I should pick what I want to do for Thursday, at the very least by Wednesday? So, either it's something I've seen or a movie, I can cram it in before I talk about it on this podcast. Which is very, very irresponsible, but hey, I'm me and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, well, there is, but I'm not gonna, let's be honest. I'm already 31, I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, but, I initially thought, hey... I haven't done done a real, like, kind of drag it through the mud thing in a while, and I thought, hey, I should talk about one of my first experiences with manga, and that is Kanakamatsu's infamous, insane love Hina, and. I looked around for Love Hina and where it was streaming, and it might be streaming on maybe Hulu or someplace more generalized, but on the major platforms, I think it actually might be on Crunchyroll, now that my brain slots things together correctly. But, A, I wanted to talk about something you could go watch. B, I wanted to talk about something that was in the, like, rom-com... Territory, but I didn't really want to talk about Love Hina because while it is the grandfather of like what people think of at the harem show, it's not a it's not a great show, and it doesn't it doesn't do anything to mess with the form if you know what I mean. But I wanted to talk about a rom-com, I didn't necessarily want to talk about a harem, so I landed, weirdly, on Suzuka. And the reason I landed on Suzuka is because, yes, it's a rom-com, yes, it's got all the, you know, romantic anime tropes, including, like, falling on people, stumbling into people naked... And all, all this, other, all all the stuff that you think goes with a traditional male female rom com in anime, it's got some harem elements too. It's uh, it's got it all basically in some way or another. It's got it all. And but the thing about Suzuka is, that you'll notice when you first watch it is that it doesn't. and this is for, and this is on the this is done on the part since i've read the manga as well the manga extends way beyond the anime like way beyond the anime and i, w- I want to I'll, I'll get we'll get into that in a second cuz that's actually where the super interesting stuff comes in but the anime and the manga obviously because koji CO, the the original mangaka probably saw the issues with just, like, the randomness that occurs in a traditional harem rom-com anime manga, and that is, all this stuff happens, but there's no... There's very little setup, and there's very little ways to set it up. So, he at least introduces some... Set up and payoff to everything. So, you know when Yamato, the main character, the main, the main, the main guy, um, falls, falls on top of a girl in a towel. It's because he bumped into the girl because she's blind without her glasses and going into the bath, going into the public bath that he was trying to clean, and it even that is a lot better than something like Romba or something, even like Love Hina, where it's, it's all very loose and all very... It's all driving you to a point, and Suzuka is driving you to the romance point, but it's not... It's not interested in necessarily making the journey any longer than it needs to be, or make turning it into what i I've, I've, so, last episode I've referred to, I love this about that episode, last, the last Sunday edition I referred to Black Clover as watching Shonen Paste. <laughs> There's an element of that to a lot of rom-com harem shows you can end up watching something that feels like harem paste or romantic paste because you know all the story beats you know what happened yes there are a couple like bumps in the road that you haven't seen before but for the most part it's all pretty predictable the thing about most of those shows, and actually, unfortunately, the thing about the anime for Suzuka, and I'm going to get into the manga here, is that they don't follow through with lot with with real world logic. In, for example, in Love Hina, when the whole thing of Love Hina does not involve sex, eventually, you know. Kentaro, Ken, I think Kentaro, and um, what's their fa- And ne- and Nehru get together and get married. And the in the probably the most interesting part about Love Hina that Ken Akamatsu came up with is the kind of future. It's the kind of like foreshadowing future sight that you see in the adult characters and the way the adult characters. Interact with each other and have clearly, like, grown up and have clear relationships with each other. And that mirrors the younger characters' relationships by the end of the show. The thing about, um, Suzuka that is it's probably the most similar, actually, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, to something like Tokyo Ghoul is that it follows through with all these weird, like, with all the real-life implications of what its show is doing. And what I mean by that is, by, I want to say, by the last third of the manga for Suzuka, and, so, the, the anime for Suzuka follows the first arc, which is basically Yamato... Going through the trials and tribulations of making, of letting Suzuka know that she can trust him and that she should trust him and that they can be together because Suzuka's, I believe it was, older brother died. And she, and, she, or, or no, Suzuka's like, the the previous guy that Suzuka was involved with and loved, who was, a, who was her senpai, who was a track star, died. And she never got over it. And she never was able to, like, move past it. And then Yamato come to town and he looks exactly like the guy. And Suzuka has a really hard time with it, understandably. And... In the anime, it the anime kind of drifts to an end when she gets when she gets it in her head that when she finally gets it through a sixth gall, um, that Yamato isn't the guy she knew or the guy she was in love with. He's different, and she opens up to that, and they fall in love, and blah 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 blah. blah. The thing about the anime is that's where the anime ends. In the manga, the anime goes on for many, 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 many more chapters. And ultimately what happens is Suzuka and Yamato have to deal with Suzuka's parents. And Suzuka's parents don't necessarily approve of Yamato. And Yamato and Suzuka end up running away together having sex, and Suzuka gets pregnant. And at, th- at that point, Yamato is an aspiring track star, and he is a aspiring o- Olympic hopeful. And because Suzuka got pregnant, he has to answer Suzuka's parents, and their entire lives basically fall apart. Suzuka becomes a stay-at-home mother. I, Yamato goes to work for, like, a, a running shoe company as a sales manager. And there. So... The thing about so much of, like, romantic comedy is it exists in its own version of reality where there's no consequences for real-world shit. This is one of the few times especially in anime, where it's like, no... And actually, I shouldn't say that. It's not necessarily especially in anime, but... And it's probably not even one of the few times there's much anime mangas out there. But it, it commits to the fact that there are... That the world is the world, and, you know, teenage girls can get pregnant, and the world keeps on moving, and they have to survive somehow and they use uh, like yamato's and suzuka's bond and love for each other to move this whole story forward for the for the rest of, for the rest of the for the rest of that story now, here's one of the weird things, and one of the things I love about specifically Suzuka and, what it's, and its follow-up, a show called Fuka. By the way, spoilers for Fuka, if you have not seen... If you've seen the show, I... Eh, I dropped off after a certain point, which I'll get to, but spoilers for the manga, for the reason I'm about to go through. And... Fuka is a manga by the same author. But one of the things that... Not all manga authors do this, and uh, the most popular version of it is what's called the Star System, which is an Osametezika invention, basically. But for Osametezika, he uses the same characters, or sometimes only the same character designs, he recycles them and puts them in different places all over his shows. Like, you know, Doctor Tenma shows up in Blackjack. Blackjack shows up in, you know, all this other stuff. And I think Blackjack might show up in Phoenix or some bullshit. Um, but very few show. Very few properties can appropriately. Fit in the world of another. One of the, one of my favorites is actually the world of Zoids, is one big continuous timeline. So Zoids' chaotic century is the start of Zoids, and then Zoids' new century zero, which is the one that everybody knows because it premiered on Toonami when you in like the year two thousand, you like sat there to awesome techno music. I did a show on Zoids in the feed. You can find it. It's one of the more popular shows, one of the more popular episodes, actually, which always surprised me. But the Zoids timeline has a clear delineation of events and what happened and what didn't happen. And if you watch Zoids New Century Zero, there are serious callbacks to Zoids Chaotic Century. And I'm sure if you watch like Zoids, Fusion or whatever comes after that, there are other call- there are callbacks to that to all that stuff as well. But most shows have a m- most creators they just want to make a new thing, and I I understand why that is because they they've created something they want to move on from it. But KGCO, what he did with Fuka is he made a new story. You know, like decades after the fact of after the original events of Suzuka, and he made it with the daughter of Yamato and Suzuka. Now, in the story, now in the story for for Suzuka, if you go, if you go to like I think the very last chapter of the manga is a little vignette of Yamato getting ready for work and you see like flashes of Suzuka and you see flashes of their toddler, a girl named Fuka and which is just the oddest anime name ever. (laughs) And then it just it all wraps up with a bow and you see that that their lives are not what they wanted them to be, but they are but they're happy, and they're, and it's like, everything, they, they're not happy because they didn't have to work for it and because the world moved out of the way of their love. They're happy because they worked for their relationship and they became, uh, like, parents together and were happy together. But the... And that's not something that's talked about a lot in... Roma- in rom-coms in general. One like one, one of the reasons why rom-coms stand out, why there are certain rom-coms that stand out, like for example, Trainwreck which had Amy Schumer in it and um that that um movie I think called The Big Sick with uh, Kumail Nanjiani in it or What's it called? Knocked up certainly is because those rom coms are funny as hell. Don't get me wrong; they're they're, they're in many cases the really good rom coms are more comedy than than romance, but they also have a really specific mix of you know this. It feels like a real story. It feels like it, Knocked Up feels like a couple that got pregnant before they really loved each other and slowly, like, congealed as they got, as they, like, it made the decision to congeal and be there for each other. Same thing with Trainwreck feels like two assholes being assholes at each other until they decide not to be in a lot of cases. Um, same, what's it called? Um, The Big Thick with Kamel Nanjani. If you haven't seen it, it's actually really good. It it feels like a complicated, complex, meaningful relationship by the end of that movie, and that's probably because it's close to a true story or is a true story from um, Kamel Nanjani and his wife, who I I can't remember her name, but she's she's a comedy writer as well. But also, it's very weird that Kamel Nanjani is buff now. (laughs) But... It's refreshing to see a story where the real world doesn't just kind of move to the side for a romance between two characters to happen. It's also exciting to see a story where all of that fit, where, like, the real world and the romance fit together, or the story and the romance fit together and, like, move through together and not, like, something like Guren Lagan where, you know, Simone and his... ultimately his wife's... his wife's, um... Romance becomes this, like, kind of pivotal point, but not really. And it ends up being kind of a wet blanket on this, like, big rah rah show. And it just, it, it, like, that romance makes you feel bad for a reason, for like a reason that it didn't need to. That makes any sense. And, it's really unfortunate because Suzuka came out in 2005. I think I either I think I saw it in 2005 but actually finished it in 2006ish. And it the show doesn't do the story that that Suzuka the manga tells justice because it wants to it wants to tell this very typical anime rom-com love story. But what's good about Suzuka? What's exceptional? What's the thing that would the thing to me that would get it greenlit as an anime is not the mute cute section of it, which is what they. By the way, if you don't know what mute cute is, that's what they call the like romantic comedy meeting scenarios that happen in rom-coms all the time the the anime for Suzuka is essentially the big the big meet cute section of it what's truly interesting about Suzuka is after they move past that after Yamato and Suzuka just get to be a couple and like, how they move through it. and all, But also, there's a section where Yamato and another girl are a couple for a while. For a while, a while. And Suzuka has to deal with the fact that she was a fucking moron. And it... it don't get me wrong, I'm a fucking sap every time. I did a podcast... Where I about Paradise Kiss, where I probably admit that Paradise Kiss makes me cry every time at the end. Like I am fucking like, oh, George left her all of the clothes he made for. Her. I'm a worthless sack of flesh that doesn't deserve anything. I'm not that good, but I. I The thing about Paradise Kiss, the reason why I love Paradise Kiss is because it's a... It is a love story in a a fashion and art rapper. it's It's a story about the fashion world and the art world in, like, a love story rapper. It's not about... Yukari falling in love with George. It's about Yukari falling in love with the world of high fashion and with the world of the arts. And it's about her ultimately becoming a very famous model. And Ayazawa is actually another person who does the same thing as Koji Tio, although she was doing it probably a long time before. Um, since she had, uh, her own show in, like, the 70s or something. Um, but she, actually, probably early 90s? But the manga, I I don't, I'm not gonna commit to a timeline there. I'm not, I'm not gonna dig that hole for myself. But she, she created a big, she created a big world, which I like to refer to as the yazagaku campus in my brain where if kids are going to go to an art school in that world it's going to be yazagaku art yazagaku university which is a or yazagaku art school it's if kids you know frequent a bar it's gonna be um oh that bar that place is dead now it doesn't exist anymore but there's a famous burger bar that's they go that everybody goes to in all the Yazawa shows, I Yazawa shows that actually exists. I forget what it's called. But it's act, it's a burger place. It used to be a chain, but I think there's only one open and after quarantine universe I don't know even if it if it exists. But it it is it is very clearly the ...model for the bar... ...for the restaurant... ...for the Hole in the Wall restaurant... Uh, ...Jackson Hole is what it's called. Jackson Hole is... ...Jackson Hole in New York... ...is very clearly the same place... ...all the people in... ...Yazaya Au, Au's... Oh, yeah, ...in Yazaya Au's... ...in Yazawa Eyes ...shows and manga go to. So... ...and when you look in the background... ...you see posters for the band from Nana, you see advertisements for Happy Berry, you see, and it all flows together. The difference is, is that in between at least Paradise Kiss and Suzuka's, Paradise Kiss is interesting because of the backdrop. Suzuka is interesting because of what, of the World of the story the characters go through, not in the front half, not in the meat cute half, but in the back half. It's actually pretty similar to Nana. Nana is a story about... Basically... And I did an episode on this in the feed, but Nana's a story basically about... Characters be- getting into relationships and being in relationships that ultimately they are not satisfied with. And the entire story is told from the perspective of, um, ha- of Hachi, who is a pink haired Nana, looking back on her life and having, and, as like, and regretting that she didn't follow a different path. And at some point that flips and it becomes Nana Osaki, who's the black-haired one, the black-haired punk rock chick in that show, regretting that she couldn't help her best friend, her roommate and her best friend, take that other path, that she couldn't convince her of it. And it... It it becomes this, like, soul-crushing journey. And the anime for Nana ends, I think at like, episode-like, ends for them. And it... It... It ends way before the manga ends, because the manga gets way fatter and way weirder. But... The thing about the show, Nana, is they included enough in there where it feels like a complete thought, and it feels like they have more than a meat cute And the thing that got Nana out of that is that the show, the the manga, doesn't feel like it's about romance. It doesn't feel like there was a way that they could get away with a meat cute and, like, just wash their hands of it. When you're watching Nana, you're not watching because you're interested in Hachi hooking up with her, you know, boyfriend from college, they clearly do that all the time. It, it, the romance is not what the story's about. It's about the people. And it's about, like, them li- living a life. That's what I think makes a good rom-com. Is the, the romance is maybe the primary element, but it is also the element about um but there's also an element about real life. That's if you look at all the other real world rom coms I talked about just now, I talked about, you know, The Big Sick, Knocked Up, all um Train wreck, those three movies have a lot about real life in them. Not it's not just like real life is this pastiche and everything is vacuumed away so you can focus on like the mute cute and the like kind of weird middle the like kind of trouble middle and then the save at the end it's about because falling in love doesn't happen in a vacuum you know you can fall in love at any time in the universe you but you can't but this, the big lie of lots of rom-coms is when you're falling in love, that's all that's happening. You know, if you... But if you look at, once again, those, other, those three movies I keep mentioning, they make sure that, you know, no. You don't get to fall in love while someone's pregnant and just ignore the pregnancy. You don't get to fall in love while someone has a like, serious illness and just ignore that illness. And in The Big Sick, actually, they show the results of trying to do that and it's, it's like no bueno. But uh, Suzuka excelled, the second half of Suzuka, in the second half of the Suzuka manga, the part you don't get in the anime, excels in showing two characters who have decided that they love each other and now have to live life in addition to loving each other. Um, in Nana, the reason why it's so sad is because once Hachi decides that she loves... By the way, spoilers for Nana, I guess. Um, once Nana decides that she has to love... That she loves Takumi because she's pregnant with Takumi's kid, <laughs> and lots of, it, eventually, it, she still has to live. She still has to be in life. And what part of what makes that show so painful to watch is because there's this girl who's very clearly been sheltered from life because she's so bubbly and happy and cute and pretty. And... You have to watch her kind of, like, pitch her life down a drain for that show, and it sucks. But, and I think that's something that um, Ayazawa really excels at, and the reason why Nana feels like such a fuller show than Paradise Kiss. Paradise Kiss very much feels like, you know, teenagers falling in love with each other and then at some point one the teenagers make the decision that they're going to drift apart like they just make that decision because they've grown through that show Nana feels like it's torturing somebody until they get the fucking picture and it sucks to watch but so let's go to Fuka let's go back to Fuka the like Sequel for that show. The thing about Fuka is you get to see Yamato and Suzuka's future. You, I don't think you ever actually see them in... I know you don't see them in the anime, but they changed the anime because the manga was fucking heartbreaking. And the thing about Fuka is... I forget the main character name. Let me see if I can't get the main character to Fuka other than Fuka. Um but by the middle Fuka by like the kind of middle by the first by the first third of Fuka, Fuka is dead. (laughs) Like Yamato and Suzuka's Teenage child is fucking dead in the ground, <laughs> and that's because she wasn't paying attention when she'd go into band practice, and she got hit by a truck. <laughs> the good old and so this is one of the things I appreciate appreciate about both Fuka and Suzuka is the KZCO Koji Co clearly knows what he's doing. He clearly understands that he is playing with like a set of puzzle, a set of building blocks, and it's all about how you build them to make them fit together. So he took the idea of truck coon. and was like, yeah, everybody's been using truck coon as like a joke to get people to isekite, to get people isekite. What if I gave <laughs> that shit consequences? And what if I made my main character go to his dead girlfriend's friggin' funeral? And what if I made him go through the mourning process with a girl named Fuka who is not the one he was in love with? What if I did... What if I showed instead of told the story from Suzuka, but like in like a real generationally different, totally connected but not connected way. And it, it... It rewards you for having read all of Suzuka when you're watching Fuka because you see that he's telling... He is telling the story. He He's telling the first half of Suzuka's story. From Suzuka. In the main character of... Who I forget. I think his name's like... Aka something. Um, But he's telling the main story of... He's telling the first part of Suzuka's story. That you didn't see. In... The In the first part of Fuka. So... It becomes... um, Ak- Aka Suki... Um, it's, you, you is you, Hirana is the main character of Fuka, but it's his story is the same as Suzuka's story that you don't get to see in Suzuka, so he's. Filling in the gaps of the past with the future—that's a really cool story storytelling trick that I really appreciate. And you mm. get to learn in Fuka that you know Yamato at that point is a, a Olympic is a, is a Japanese Olympic runner, silver medalist. You know, Fuka is has her own like. It, it, Worked, is also a competitor in the high jump. And you get to see that all of their trials and tribulations were things that they used to get to wherever they wanted to be, but on their own terms and together. And they ended up happy. And then Koji <laughs> Seo, because I'm convinced he loves to do it, just dumps all that happiness on the ground, just... just just like, oh, this symbol of their love and happiness together and, like, the thing that caused them to derail their entire life, this human being is now dead. (laughs) And for somebody, the thing about, the thing that Koji Sio managed to do, that it's not that Ayazawa avoids doing this, but it's that Ayazawa doesn't, that's not what she's interested in doing with her, like, expanded universe. It's that coach Siyo continues to involve the characters of the past in the stories, in the story he tells in the future, and he continues to develop their story based on what you already know because of events in the future, because of things that have like that have everything to do with them and nothing to do with them and but are at, in no way the result of their actions. They they are still affected. Yamato and Suzuka are still affected. They have another tragedy in their lives. They have another thing that has derailed their lives again because of the events of Fuka and the closest you get in something like an Ayazawa story is when you see Yukari go and interview with, um, Mikako, Miwako's older sister, who is the main subject of Neighborhood Stories, which was Ayazawa's first big, first big... (laughs) Um, story that she had turned into an anime and at some point in, um, Nana, you see Miwako just like in the back, you see Miwako in the background somewhere for no reason. They're just like, oh, they're all in the same city. This shit all happened in the same, in the same version of Tokyo. Have fun with that. Um, the- the closest thing I could say I've seen outside of something like a rom-com thing, that's not like a it's not like an Osama Tezuka thing is how all the universes of Clamp are connected together by like the the um weird plushy asshole interdimensional telephone thing. But I don't think those happen in the same version of Tokyo. So I if you've never seen if you've never seen Suzuka and you want to experience it, I would tell you go read the manga. It's like find a way to read the manga because it will be it it's got more space to run. It I just looked, it's about eighteen volumes. And it—that's where you'll get the entire story. That's where you won't just get the very typical, very like, by anime standards, kind of uninspired, meat cute, with the slight twist that the that the girl's boy oh, ex boyfriend is her ex boyfriend because he died, um, but. She, but that's, that's an okay thing, but if the the anime is an okay thing, and that part is okay, it sets up the, it, what, what the story in the Suzuka anime does, and this is why it, it feels kind of like they lost interest, and the show just drifted to an end, is, it's setting up the intensity of the romance. It's setting up the, sti- the level to which both Suzuka and Yamato worked for each other's affection and worked to be together. It sets up the hard work of their, rela- of their relationship as they exist in the rest of the story. It makes you you understand why when Suzuka's parents move her out to like a cabin in the fucking woods in the snow, Yamato goes all the way to spend a lot of money on a train ticket and goes all the way the fuck out there to see her and to like prove to her parents that he is like in it for the long haul because their cute is not all that cute considering. It's feels like a meat cute at the... If you take it by itself. But once you add it to the back half of the story... You... You get the... You get the full effect and you see the whole... You see the whole picture, basically. And then add that to Fuka. The manga... Because... And this is really important. I didn't finish watching the Fuka anime because they didn't fucking kill her. And <laughs> that sounds awful. I sound like an awful person. But the thing that's more interesting in the Fu in the fuka story is the manga when they fucking murder that girl with a truck. Because that that's what set that story like That's what sets that story spinning, spinning out, and that's what makes, you know, use story interesting, and that's what makes it so much more than a. Once again, a meat cute and a extension. Now there could be something in the that they did in the anime since it was made many years after the. the Suzuka adaptation that is really interesting, but, like, (laughs) so, this is, this is amazing, and this is my favorite part of the experience of watching fucking Fuka. (laughs) And why, and why when I knew they weren't gonna kill her. At least, when I got the clear, clear signal that they were not going to Truck Cooner, like, friggin' the zombie idol show did. (laughs) Like, second two of that show, which is great. Is the entire internet was divided into two groups of people. First group of people was like, oh, Fuka. it Seems like a cool romantic comedy show. I guess I'll watch that. It looks good. And the other half of grizzled fucking psychos who just were, like, muffled screaming in the pillows, TRACOON IS COMING! And it didn't happen. And the other group of people went one of two ways, like, okay, let's see where this goes, or, eh. Eh. I might see where it goes, because if they keep Fuka alive, that potentially means they have a way to involve y- Yamato and Suzuka in the story more, but it just doesn't, it doesn't have that emotional weight and it doesn't have... The thing about, the thing about Fuka is that Suzuka is building, is it, essentially the prequel. It, it Fuka is a sequel to Suzuka and Suzuka sets up the fact that it sets up the backstory behind Fuka being born at all. And then you have Fuka as a character who's this very carefree-go-lucky character. And, you, and But you also know she has very loving parents who are deeply in love and, like, suffered for her to be born and all this other junk. So you have that backstory. That's the best part about Fuka. And then she dies. And so what that created for me as someone who read that thing was this existential fucking dread, is the way I would put it, of, oh, 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 I can't, I can't what, I can't what, damn, she's going to die. I know she's going to die. I don't want to feel good about this relationship because I know she's gonna die, and they keep, they keep on not introducing the other Fuka. They keep on talking about this constant Budokan that canonically you know is not gonna happen, and then she doesn't die, and you're like, and like all of that tension that admittedly was in your soul from the manga. It's just gone. The 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 tension that is keeping you reading that thing is gone. Because now you've experienced... Now it's in a different, weird thing. Now, could they be telling Yamato and Suzuka's full story with a different personality character set? Maybe. But... They, it just doesn't... The... The anime for Fuka corrects for, makes the attempt to correct for the manga of, the manga of Suzuka and ultimately Fuka. It makes, it, here's what I think is the most interesting about Suzuka, the property and the universe and Fuka and all of that stuff. And this is probably where I'll end it. Is that the man, both, the man, the, both the manga series Suzuka and Fuka are both exceptional in their use of emotional impact and somebody and this feels like a fucking advertising boardroom meeting bullshit moment saw those things and said these stories are both really good why don't we see what happens if we strip all the good things out <laughs> It drives me bananas. Because at least the Suzuka anime was like, okay, we told our meat cute, we're, we're packing up our toys, we're going home. They did not change, literally, if you want to watch the anime and then pick up where the anime left off on, on the manga, go right ahead. They changed nothing in the anime. But for Fuka, it's like, that show that Koji CO came up with, spent an entire previous series ramping up to this sweet summer flower of like a perfected anime girl and then just offs her. Like it's like he's making dinner on a Tuesday. Just nothing. Just poof, done. He like waste all that merchandising potential. He's just like, trucker, done. And that and you could, once you see it, you're like, oh no, this is the guy who told a teenage pregnancy story that was deeply realistic. I believe this. And and then, and then, and then it, like three years later, some bullshit domestic girlfriend comes out and we have a whole new barometer of fucked up. So, I would encourage you to go check out Suzuka and Fuka. You can read both. They're both entirely out. Um, You can go... It should be available anywhere for anywhere you can acquire manga. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's a pandemic. Money is tight. Um... But the the manga stories for both of them are phenomenal. The things that make the anime for both Fuka and Suzuka, respectively, so good is that they have just the tiniest hint of what those stories have. And Fuka ultimately wastes it because they don't commit to murder. But Suzuka doesn't waste it. It just cuts it off at the knees, basically. So, you know, do what you will with all that. And on that note, my name has been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I can actually tell you right now that my next Sunday edition will be interestingly enough, on the crash of the anime industry in the mid-to-late 2000s. So if you're interested in hearing how that happened or what happened or more details on what happened, um, I've already recorded that. I need to edit it so it can go out on Sunday, on time this time. <laughs> um, And you can look forward to that in the feed this Sunday. On that note, I will talk to you on
1: Sunday.